Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Outside Voice Studios podcast. I'm your host, Bo Spencer. My guest today has covered Europe with his epic murals for years, best known for his original character, Sweaterman and Austrian Knots. He's had art exhibitions all throughout the U.S. and Europe. He's also the founder of international live art event, Art Slam. Rob Perez, a.k.a. Deadbeat Hero. That's How's it like going me. over there? I can't complain, man. It's it's morning over here and it's evening over there. This is uh this is fun. This is my first international call, so this is cool. <laughs> what time is it over there? You're it, in California, right? Yeah, I'm in Cali. It's ten over here. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, great, so man. I'm on my first beer and and you're on your first coffee, probably. No, nah, man. I had a lot of coffee earlier. I'm actually opening a beer with you right now. So, <laughs> cheers, uh, yeah, brother. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, let's get on into this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Outside Voice Studios. I'm your host, Bo Spencer. Today, we got a very special guest on the show, an amazing artist. He's actually calling in from Vienna right now. Uh, The great and amazing Rob Perez, a.k.a. Deadbeat Hero. Rob, how you doing, brother? Good, good, man. Thanks for asking me to be on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Dude, I uh, was scrolling through Instagram. I've been a fan of your work for a long time, followed you for several years, and dude, you just, you're a hammer with it, man. You just go after these walls, and your characters are so original. I was like, man, I've definitely got to reach out and talk to this guy for sure. Man, you're very nice for, this, for saying that, man. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Really. It's cool. Yeah. So... I get, let's just start at the beginning, um, give the listeners a little bit of background info. Where are you from originally? Um, see, I moved to Vienna from Texas, so I, I actually, when people ask me where I'm from, I usually say I'm, I'm from Texas, but I actually moved around quite a bit when I was younger, so um, I spent the last 17 years in the States in, in San Antonio, in San Antonio, Texas. Nice, man. So, yeah. y- is that where you grew up? Yeah, for the most part, I did all of high school there, so I guess that's that's where you do most of your your growing up. I guess where you start to totally. figure out who you are and start, you know you go through all the awkward stages and all that, <laughs> all that good shit. Yeah, man. So yeah, but before that, I was in um, it was in Atlanta for a while. Ooh. Um, yeah, which was uh, very interesting. Um, so, I, but so I didn't move to Texas till I was about uh, fifteen. Um, okay. Before Atlanta, I was in Louisiana, and before then, I was in Hawaii. So, um, all over the was place. In the army, yeah. So I was kind of a an army brat, you know, kind of traveling everywhere. Nice. So, was there art? Were you always surrounded by art when you were growing up, or is this something that you found uh, later on, like in high school, when you were talking about? Um, I don't know. I remember when I was younger, um, because I was moving around quite a bit. I was. Um, always like collecting comics and stuff like that and um yeah i'd be in my room by myself and kind of just drawing my own character from that so taking a spider-man pose and making my own weird superhero you know and um and that started to make my own little mini comics and stuff so that's when i started to realize that i, I really liked drawing you know and this was you know my when i was like 10 and 11 you know and i started to figure out like you know i, I was trying to figure out the magic of how these people would make these incredible um, characters and stuff like that. So nice, I think that's man. when I realized it. Yeah. Dude, your characters are amazing. I mean, the, and even the line work. I've never seen somebody, you know, it, it, when you do a mural, it looks like a comic book just printed out there. I mean, fucking thanks, well executed. Very solid, man. Dude, thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I, uh, when, I when I hit a wall, like, I'm, I'm thinking of of the, the cover of the comic book, you know? So this is the shit that would grab me when I was walking in these, uh, in the, you know, in the pharmacies when I was younger and they had them in the spinning racks. Um, I would look for the comic that, that would just grab me. So I really tried to, to make the murals in the same way to where when you see it, you want to, you want to know more about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And bold, impactful for sure. So we're talking about comic books. Uh, did you have a favorite comic book or like a superhero growing up that you that you collected or focused on? I was really a big fan of Spider-Man growing up. I don't know. Um, 
as most people are, I guess, is, you know, when you're younger and Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker was younger and, um, I really, really enjoyed the X-Men, um, I, I'll, a lot of Marvel stuff. So I focused mainly on, on Spider-Man and the X-Men and stuff like this growing up. Um, and then when I, when I started to really get into comics when I was, I, I kind of put it away for a while, you know, when it became not cool when I was like trying to actually, uh, when I started to get more into women, I guess you could say, when I was trying to <laughs> impress girls and I wasn't, I'm not into this comic stuff. Um, and I started to get back into it in, in high school when I was skateboarding and stuff. And, um, I would go to the comic book store for a little bit and I would skate around that area. So, and that's when I started to get more into like, uh, you know, the nineties comics, you know, when image is really big, you know, a lot of the, um, the, uh, the stuff, by, oh, I'm having a brain fart now, but Mr. Lee out there, not, uh, Jim Lee, like Jim Lee stuff. Oh, he's amazing, man. I watch some yeah. of his stuff on YouTube sometimes and. It's it's amazing what people can yeah. do with a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah, man. When I saw his stuff on a comic, I was like, man, this guy is this is just amazing work. And he was doing stuff with, uh, I mean, now especially, but back then when you first saw it with Image Comics, it was just blew my mind when he did the X Men cover and it was like the open cover, the first issue of X Men. I was blown away by that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it was always uh, very influential for me. That's sick. He, um, I follow him on Instagram. He did a post one time that was just, it was like 12 of his rejection letters, you know, where he <laughs> had submitted to Marvel, submitted to, uh, you know, all these different studios, and they were just tearing his work apart and criticizing him and telling him, yeah, you know, don't, don't reapply until you know how to draw hands, like just really ripping him apart, but he kept all those rejection letters. I think that's kind of cool, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of artists, uh, a lot of creatives. I mean, Michael Jordan, they, you know, success comes from the failures, man. Um, have, exactly. Has there been anything like that for you? Have you overcome any uh, any big failures or have you submitted to any companies and then been rejected? Uh, any overcoming moments for you? Um, I don't know about that. I think I, it, for me, it was more overcoming my, my, my own fears and um especially when it came to like street art. So before I was always more of an illustrator and drawing at home and do, trying to do paintings. And I, I was mostly self-taught. I mean, I tried doing um, art school. I went to the Art Institute of Houston uh, for one semester and I got kicked out of there and I ended up just doing my own thing. And I never wanted, I always wanted to do street art, but I was really um, kind of intimidated. I mean, you see these guys doing this incredible shit you know and you're like how do you even start doing that kind of shit you yeah, know? yeah yeah totally. i always felt like you had to you had to start when you were young you know you had to be out there banging the streets and like and like just doing all kinds of crazy shit and and kind of be in that crew in order to be worthy enough to do the wall you know so i was always intimidated by that man and then um i don't know after a while when i started to meet some of the guys that were doing it um uh, and and was invited to start doing this kind of stuff. Um, I kind of overcome that. I overcame that, you know, that that fear that that I wasn't good enough to to do myself so big on the wall. You know? Man, and how good of a feeling is that when you get a call of somebody inviting you to come paint a wall? You know, instead of going out and doing illegal throw ups here and there, you know, you got somebody that's like, hey, man, I got a wall for you. Let's let's go jam. You know. Yeah, exactly. When somebody uh, like it was my friend Soup in in San Antonio, actually, that uh, an amazing um, street artist. He does really great realistic work, and and he saw my stuff on paper, and he was like, "You should try to do it on a wall." And I was like, "Yeah, man, I could, I would love to," you know. And I kind of I went with him one day to a wall, and just kind of went at it, you know. And after that, uh, he kind of gave me the encouragement to to keep going, you know. And Is that the first my, time that you hit the streets? Um, no, I, before then I wasn't doing, um, so much like street art. I was doing, well, I guess it is street art. I was doing mostly stencil work, you know? So, um, I don't know, around 2000, early 2000s, let's say 2003, 2004, I would go with my, my friend and we would, uh, he would do wheat pasting and I would do stencils. So I would have all, everything prepared, you know, I could just run around and just kind of throw stuff up pretty quickly. And, um, you cut all your pretty, own stencils. Yeah, yeah, I would cut all my own stuff and just go out there. I felt a lot more confident with confident with that because you knew what the end product was going to be. Yeah, you know, and you could be really fast with it, you know. And it wasn't really. You still got the adrenaline of doing like um, illegal stuff, you know, but um, a little bit less 
um, chance of being caught when you could do it really, really quickly and kind of just jump in the car and go, you know, so. Totally. Um, I started doing that first, and then I didn't start to do more, like, my characters on the wall until I was invited, and this was, I think this was, like, 2009 or, or something like this. Okay, and you're more character-based than letters, right? Yeah, yeah, I've never really, um, I've always admired uh, more of the graffiti uh, writers and the letters, but I've never really dove into that. I always wanted to to see my characters as big as possible on the wall. So I'm with you completely that. on that, man. I'm shit when yeah. it comes to writing letters. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I, it's, a, it's definitely a, a totally different skill level. It's a, you, you would think that it translates directly to it, but it doesn't. Man. It really doesn't. Well, and yeah, I mean, dude. damn, the styles are so crazy, man. I mean, out they here are. in L.A., you just see something brand new and insane every day. You're like, what the, I don't even know what color that is. How the hell did they get that kind of fade on there, man, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a totally different beast altogether. And I had respect for those guys. Man. And, and I paint with them quite a bit, and that is where I, I grew my, my uh, I guess, my a street rep and also my skills is with uh, painting with these guys, you know, um, seeing how they were doing it, how they were doing their outlines, how they were doing their fades, and, um, and it, it, it's cool painting here in, in Europe. It, a lot of the guys who are doing graffiti, they want to do a re- they want to do pieces, you know, they want to do big, long pieces, and they need characters in these pieces, and, and that's where I come in, you know, like, oh, he does characters, okay, to throw a character in the middle, and bam, and Hell yeah. this is how I learned a lot of my stuff, so. Hell yeah, and you're surrounded by some of the greats. I mean, Nichos is from out there. I mean, you mm-hmm. guys got some heavy hitters. The scene's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And here in Vienna, it's um, it's really amazing. I mean, in Vienna specifically, it, they have the largest area of, of legal walls in all of Europe. Really? So you, yeah, I mean, if you walk uh, like nine, ten minutes walking, and you're, you have your choice of any wall that you want, you know, and it's, wow. and this is really great for when you, when you have a character and you sketched it and then you just, you have in mind how big you want it onto the wall and you can go out and you can find the, the wall that you need, you know, to do it. So I think that those public spaces for street art, that needs to be everywhere. And, you know, give it, give it another 10 years and it might be, especially, I mean, with how huge it is on Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, the street art scene is only growing, you know, and I think that it's good for it's good for the communities because it's showing, you know, a lot of people look they look down on graffiti as, you know, gang graffiti or it entices people to come be destructive to the property around it. Whereas I think that street art actually raises the value of property, you know, it raises yeah. the uh, value of the community by giving some color to it instead of these run down busted walls you know i think that that's Definitely. important and uh you know cultivating art as, as you know as a country i think that that you know and as a species uh, that's what humans are here for we're not necessarily meant to go sit in an accounting office and click numbers all day you know we're supposed to create exactly. yeah it's good to have to give people venue to to express themselves into the public you know and and to kind of to kind of gauge how how their art is, you know, um, totally. when, when, when people can see it and they can digest it, you know, and, and it, it, there should be more places like this, definitely. Yeah. So I want to talk about your characters, uh, the sweater men and then the Austrian knots, uh, <laughs> if I'm saying that right. But then I want to get right, into yeah. your, um, your architect drawings. I found those on your website and was blown away, man. Those are crazy. Uh, thanks, man. So yeah, let's start off with the sweater men. Or what came first, the sweater men or the Austrian knots? Uh, yeah, the sweater men came first. I started paint, uh, started hand drawing those. Man, what year was that? It was early two thousands. Also, it's, um, I started to travel a lot more, and I was coming overseas to to Europe um, just for a week or two weeks uh, during vacation and stuff. And when I was traveling, I would um, I would go, for instance, to Spain, and then I would take a train to like the next city. And when I'm in the train, I would be sitting down, and kind of um, just sketching, you know. And uh, these train rides are like anywhere from three to six hours riding around. And I would do the same on airplanes. But when you're on the train, on the train, usually um, there's also people kind of facing you from the other way. So there's um, you're sitting in like seats of four two people and then there's two the other two people across from you and i would kind of sketch people 
you know, nonchalantly, not really letting them notice. And I would draw their hands mostly. And most of the time they were on their cell phone or some kind of tablet. And I was, I became very fascinated by the way that they were holding their, their phones, you know, like these, everybody had their own special way to hold their phone. And so I would just draw the phone and then I would kind of draw the circle around it. And then that's what the sweater men became. So all the sweater men had um, these really detailed hands um, holding the cell phone and they would have this really nice, intricate pattern sweater. And the patterns I would get from, from stuff that were, was in the area. So the pattern that was on the seat, I would include that into the sweater or mm. if they were, if they were wearing a specific pattern on their shirt or something like this, I would, I would incorporate that. And, and I never would want to look at their face specifically while I'm drawing. So I just kind of created these, these masks over their face, these like three hole masks. And yeah, that's where they, they came from. And then I came back to the States and I did a, a my first solo exhibition in 2012 featuring those guys. And, yeah, everybody really seemed to identify with those guys. Man, those are sick. Those sweaters, they remind me of that iconic Biggie, that, uh, what is that, the Kooji sweater? Yeah, 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 the old, like, Cosby sweater style. Yeah, that's, it's so sick. <laughs> and then, I, uh, you know, on Instagram, I saw that, because I've got a series of masked men also where they're in orange ski masks. So I saw yours, I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome, you know? It's kind of like that, that ski mask crew unite type of deal. But, uh... <laughs> I really like those, man. The sweatermen and and the hands and holding the cell phones. That's that's really subtle and really interesting. And then you put other things around them, right? You had like one that was the banana man or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll if I there, um, the last series I did, I went, I would go to coffee shops and stuff, and I was painting people. And sometimes they would be having, um, you know, sometimes they'll be having a beer or they'll be just kind of having their breakfast and stuff. So I would just kind of. You know, again, just kind of sketch people. Um, and sometimes I would, I wouldn't have time to to sketch people and like be on the uban, you know, on the underground. And I would just kind of, uh, kind of creep in me, but I would just take a photo of them while they're on their cell phones, really focusing just on their hands. And then I would go home and and draw their hands in that position and just create the sweater man around them, just um, based with elements that what happened that day. So if I went to a specific place and they had a certain pattern or saw some tiles I would kind of incorporate into that so. that's sick man and those you know you they they work as prints they work as stickers they work as paintings they work as murals I mean you can you know put it basically on anything and even I saw that you had some t-shirts and stuff like that I mean that's a it's a great design man that's a it's that character is sick thanks a lot man thanks yeah so tell me about the Austrian knots um, see the Austrian knots they came about um, more recently, so I, I developed those when I was here in Vienna, and when I first moved here, um, yeah, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, so I, I spent almost every day for hours just kind of sketching, and luckily, uh, my friend Nitros, he was like really cool about letting me just chill in his in his studio, um, and I would go there every day, and I'm sure I bugged the hell out of him, I'm sure like he went down there, and he's like, God damn, this guy's still here. That's like sketching around, but he would just like chill, and I was like really trying to figure my shit out. And uh, I started to develop these these kind of characters. They they just came out of my brain. Um, I don't know. It, I think it was kind of like a subconscious uh, thing for me. I think these Swindermen and I mean the the astronauts in my head. They kind of. Uh, they kind of embody like me and the way I was feeling at that time, kind of um, going through the culture shock and my head, like I, I, I felt like I, I needed to be protected by these, by these big suits. And inside, when I first started to draw them, I'd always draw them with like their eyes closed, almost like they were sleeping inside. And the robot was just going through the motions. And this was a lot that, this is what I was kind of feeling at the time was, um, I was here, I, I was aware of what was happening my body was doing the movements, you know, I was doing stuff every day, but I really, in inside, my, I was just somewhere else, you know, I was, my mind was, was kind of asleep, and I was just kind of going day to day, and that's where these guys kind of came about, and now they just kind of go everywhere, and they're just kind of exploring the, the environment stuff like that and you're blending so many elements you know i mean you've got the earth elements with the boulders that are his chest and then you've got mm -hmm. the the metal and the metallic the robotic side of it um yeah. it just 
epic, dude. I've, ne- I've never seen someone put that many different elements together like that. And, and you know, going back to the comic book thing, every time you paint them, they've got so much movement, so much action, you know? Um, but that's sick. Now knowing the meaning behind it, it mean, you know, it, it obviously, it makes it mean that much more. So that's, that's badass, man. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so hanging out with Nichos, you know, I mean, that's, he's probably one of the top 10 artists in the world right now, thrown in there with like a Tristan Eaton, you know, so, uh, Soffles, uh, and, um, you know, Doze. I, I mean, these guys are really killing it right now. And, uh, so was that kind of like a mentorship for you or just more of a friendship type of deal? Um, yeah, I met Nitros um, a while back, I think in, in 2012, 2013. I can't remember exactly, but I had a, I was doing these shows in, in San Antonio called Art Slam where I was um, creating these big live art events. And uh, one year, it was like our, one of our anniversary shows. I think it was the six-year anniversary or seven-year anniversary. I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, I invited um, Buff Monster down and more Supreme, and I asked them if they knew anybody else that, that they would want to paint with, you know, while they came to San Antonio, and they mentioned Nitros. And before that, I didn't really know who he was. And um, I checked out his work on Instagram, and I was like, hell yeah, let's get this guy down here. But of course, it was going to be a little bit more expensive for me because <laughs> to fly him in from, from Vienna over to San Antonio. So I flew him in, and, and he was the first one to arrive because he, he was on his way to, to powwow in Hawaii at that time. And um, uh, the organizers from powwow would kind of like split the cost of him coming down, and I was able to spend more time with, with Nitros before Buff Monster and, and Lamar Supreme came down. So yeah, once we met, it was like a really instant connection. A super nice guy, and um, and really enjoyed spending the time with him. And when I decided to move here, I just told him I was going to be coming to hang out for a little bit, and ended up staying a lot longer. So um, it wasn't more mentorship. I didn't come here. I didn't come to him saying like, "Yo, you know, teach me what you got," or yeah, whatever. I I, I was really trying to just soak in the environment. And honestly, like the first year and a half that I was here, I was just kind of on autopilot. Um, I wasn't really focused on doing one or the other thing. I just knew that I wanted to do art, and um, that's all that I was really focusing on. And he, I would go with him to while he was doing murals. You know, I would um, help him to carry all the cans there. I would kind of take some photos from the side if he, were do, if he was doing a big mural. So I could send it to him so he could see what it looks like on his phone from, from the next building over and stuff like that. And you know, just kind of helping him out that way. Um, but it wasn't so much of a mentorship, just, a, you know, really cool to see, you know, how how uh, popular, how, how much you can really do with, with street art, you know. How, totally. How he can live off of it, you know. Totally. To- I mean, yeah, absolutely. And Nichos, he seems like a, gr- a great guy, you know. Um, Super cool dude, yeah. So let's, let's touch on, uh, you know, what made you actually take the leap from San Antonio to move to Vienna? You know, I mean, that's, like you said, that's an expensive flight right there. So uh, so where did that come from? Um, it, it wasn't really uh, my plan. Honestly, before I moved out here, I was working for UPS. Like, I was there for, like, 11 years, man. Um, I did all the, the shit. Like, I was sorting boxes, and I went, um, started to, like, do like middle management stuff so like part-time stuff and then i went to driving and like all that shit and all that time i was doing that i was i was doing these art slam shows you know bringing people in and just trying to build an art community and doing my art but like i i noticed that i wasn't really able to focus on my art so much i mean when you're working like nine ten hour days you know and you only have the weekends off and you just you don't have time to to really develop your, your skills, you know, it's difficult to um, get into the flow state, you know, exactly. And like, it's just, it didn't work, you know, it wasn't working for me. And it's like, um, I mean, I'm older now, you know, I've just, this year I'm turning 39 already. It's like, fuck, you know, it's like the life life was just going. And in my head, it was like, how do you become an artist? You know, how do you, 
how do you do what like Nyquist is doing? How do you do what both monsters doing? Man, how I'm do turning you... 29 this year, so it's it's the universe hitting me with somebody like you to talk to about this. Tell me, you know, how do you do this? You know, I've been at it for probably five years as like career wise, being able to pay a bill here and there, you know. But um, I'm looking up at you guys like, damn, man, how do like I've got to keep positioning myself, keep putting in the time in the sketchbook and in the studio and just keep getting out there, you know, but it's nice to uh, it's nice to hear that, that you can actually do it. You know, a lot of times as an artist, you get stuck in the studio and you're like, man, I'm just going to be in this fucking studio the rest of my life, man. I'm going <laughs> to die and nobody's going to see my work. What's going on? So it, yeah, it's man, cool. Definitely. It's cool to hear from the other side, you know? Yeah, it's it. It, there's no um, formula to it, honestly. Um, I just found that like you have to get yourself out there as much as you can. You know, it's like people have to see your work. And for me, as a UPS man, um, as an artist, actually, like pretending to be a UPS man, <laughs> it just wasn't working for me, man. I knew this wasn't like what I wanted to do. And um, at that time, I. I uh, I was actually married, and um, everything was fine. And like my my whole goal in life, I guess, was to do my art, to you know, to work to retirement, and like get that money and spend the rest of my life like traveling and and you know, just like being comfortable, you know, like nothing like the American dream. You know yeah. what I mean? Like have a family and do all that shit. Um, but then the marriage fell through. Like um, she ended up leaving me, and it's totally changed everything. Like I looked around and it was a blessing, honestly. Like I kind of, I looked at all the shit I was working up to. I looked at like the 401k I had built up. I looked at my house. I, I was like, I looked at, you know, I had like three cars. I had like two motorcycles, man, a huge comic book collection. I'm, you know, I still have my comics books, by the way. I couldn't get rid of that. <laughs> I got to keep those. Get rid of the bikes, but keep the comics. But, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, a toy collector, like, I just had, I, I had built this life for myself, and when I, and when this happened, it was kind of a, a slap in the dick, man, and I looked around, and I looked at all this shit that I had, and I was like, dude, what the fuck is, is this, you know, like, if I die tomorrow, what's gonna happen with all this shit, and what can I say that I did in my life, man, and like, it's, it's then it's when it slapped for me, you know, like totally my brain just totally flipped and I realized, you know, I just need to get rid of all of this shit and take all that money um, from selling everything and just fucking start over. Like just go go where you are, um, where you feel the most inspired, you know. So I did that and like I, I just gave myself, and so I, I put in my, my resignation, you know, to UPS, and I just decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move to Europe because this is where I felt the most inspired. And uh, it wasn't an easy transition, you know. But in my mind, there was this head, this this goal, you know, that um, I, I kind of had this plan in my head that I was going to move here, and I was going to just draw every day, and I was just going to die with a paintbrush in my hand. <laughs> and that's the that's the life that I want, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I did that, you know, and I it I don't look back at all. I mean, it it was the best decision I had made, and I think moving to Europe also, it's especially to a, a country that you don't know the language, you know. It's. It I was does gonna ask to if, head, it, if know, there's you, any language barrier there. Yeah, I mean, we we speak German here, you know, so it's um. Yeah, I couldn't understand that much, you know, and I just kind of had, and this is what I liked about Europe, like, especially going to, to space, places with uh, different languages, like, it, I don't know, my mind changes, you know, I kind of have to build this, this whole other world in my head, I had to survive on, on feeling more than spoken word, you know, somebody comes up to me, and they're yelling at me in some language, I have no idea, I know they're pissed, you know, so like, <laughs> I have to kind of piece this shit together, like, what happened, where am I? And I have this kind of personality that I don't want to look like I don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. So like, I I would just ride that whole story. You know, people would come up to me and start talking to me, and I would just nod and and you know, I pretend like I know exactly what the fuck they're saying, 
until the point to where it gets a little strange. You know? Yeah. So I just kind of, I, I just, I just kind of built this whole, this whole thing, and it's really, it's, it, it was just a, a big change, and um, it helped me out from my art quite a bit. That's sick. Uh, the, um, y- you know, leaving home. I left, I left Kentucky, and then moved down to Florida, and then moved from Florida out to California. But the move from Florida to Cali was me selling everything in the apartment, you know, cutting ties with people in places that weren't, you know, moving me forward in my life and with my career and with my dreams. And uh, Cali has done the same. It's really helped my art a lot. You know, I've, I've progressed. It's given me some space. It's given me new new views, new, uh, you know, exposure to other artists and other styles and um, even, you know, the culture of it. And uh, I think that that's important for every artist, you know, that that kind yeah, of evolution, important. you know. And um, shit, man, I haven't been out of the States yet, but I'm definitely going to have to get over and kick around in Europe a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. You're always welcome in Vienna, man. Well, that's dope, man. I'll take you up on that offer, and you're always welcome in Cali, so you can come kick it anytime. Thanks, man. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's more important than any than anything else. And um, if you're an artist, I think it's uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of valuable stuff you can learn in, in art school, and and not to knock it, but I think that you really have to get the experience out there on your own, and, and kind of and get into the community and and see what's see what's happening you know kind of see where you fit in and if you don't fit in then just make something you know make yourself another hole and stick yourself in there you know like make yourself work you know yeah totally and for me personally growing up in Kentucky there wasn't a whole lot of art around definitely not street art and graffiti you know so but those were things that I enjoyed I mean and growing up I was paying you know drawing Dragon Ball Z pictures and selling those at the lunch table to try and hustle a little money so you know I've always I always wanted to be an artist or knew that art was a part of my life but never in Kentucky and in, I didn't know that that was it was a possibility nobody said hey man you can be an artist that paints murals and travels around the world and creating toys and you know prints and all I, I did that was I wasn't exposed to that until I moved to Florida and saw Art Basel and you know experienced people painting murals and it was a uh, it was a real education and Cali was that times 10 you know so it's um i think the travel yeah. the, there's a quote it's a corny quote but it says travel is the best teacher and i totally I, i'm a firm believer in that yeah man i mean i think it's also fairly new i don't, I don't think so many people have really caught on to it yet I, obviously it is catching on like you were saying but if you think like who is the most famous mural uh, street artist in 1960 <laughs> there wasn't one, I yeah. Think of anyone, you know, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, um, if you think about it that way, this is a fairly new concept for people. And there's no schools for street art. There's no, you know, the streets are the schools. You know, and this is something that's still um, building. So back to your characters, real quick. You did um, a couple of resin sculptures, correct? Yeah, actually, I I sent my designs to another artist who's actually also in California, um, Jay. Oh man, J two Toys or J twenty two. I'm messing up his name. It's been a while, but um, he he approached me on Instagram actually and said that he really liked my um, my characters and I'm just looking. At, yeah, J two 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 Toy. So if you see him on Instagram, it's J two 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 Toy. There you go. And um, he reached out to me and he said he really wanted to do my characters and he said I'll make you. A bunch of them, and you know, and I, I want to also paint my own, and so we worked out this deal to where we both had a bunch of these characters to paint and stuff. And yeah, it was really cool to see them hold them in my hand and <laughs> and paint them. You know, it was in in three D. It was really cool. Yeah, that's sick, man. Um, so let's talk about Art Slam. Let's talk about the live art stuff. I've I've done a lot of live art um, in my you know five or six years, but I really enjoy it because it gives you an opportunity to you know uh, touch base with the public and the community, and you know they get to they get to actually approach an artist and see how it's done, you know, and that's that's inspiring to a lot of people. So what made you want to you know move move forward and make that an actual business model, you know? It's a strange thing. I think it happened back in um, 2006. Oh, I keep mixing, mixing it, but yeah, 2006. So it, 2005, I went to a comic book convention in, in Houston. And um, 
while I was there, I met uh, this great comic book artist, Jim Mafood. He's like one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. If you've never seen his work, uh, you should check it out. It's um, Jim Mafood. And like his art is like, it's like if you can picture a painting or picture a drawing and and just imagine it as a, like a jazz as- aspect. It's just kind of all over the place. It's messy, but at the same time, it's clean and it has crazy proportions and the proportions don't work in real life, but it just looks so cool and stylistic. He did um, like the Clerks comics back in the day. Um, he did uh, he had his own book, uh, The Girl Scouts, and he did a lot of stuff for Marvel and a lot of independent stuff. He worked with um, with a lot of uh, really famous people and did comics with them. So I mean, I I met him at a comic book convention. Him and Dave Crossland. And um, after the convention, they, they, they invited me to go to the show where they were going to be painting live. And so I went to go check it out. It was in this small bar and uh, in the courtyard. And they had a DJ, and the DJ was spinning, and they were, and Jim of Food, Dick Crossland, and uh, they, they were just up there drawing on these uh, mat boards, like these big pieces of cardboard, and just drawing random shit. Like they were just drawing, making some really cool paintings, and then auctioning them off like just putting it up like who wants this you know this is just painting and throwing it down and, and making a pile of paintings and i was like dude this is so fucking crazy man this is like this is like art is entertainment man i never thought that you could just sit there and entertain people by drawing you know and just and just being in the moment and just having fun with it and i went back home and i was so fucking inspired inspired dude like i was like fuck man i want to do this I wanted to do this with my friends, you know, so I did the first one in uh, January 2006, and I invited a bunch of my friends, and, and we had this little place rented out, and I think like 10 or 15 people showed up, and we didn't care, man, we were just kind of jamming out to the, to the DJ, and we were just, you know, doing the same type of thing, drawing it on paper and throwing it out there. Um, and I had so much fun with it, I started to do it like every two months, man, I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Until, you know, about eight years later, I was, um, it was a big thing in, in, in San Antonio and in Texas. And, um, I, at that point I had already started inviting a lot of people. So after the fifth year, um, we had a five year anniversary and I invited Jim of and Dave Crossland for that one. And they painted with us cause they were like such influencers for us. And Damn, man, after that, that's crazy. Year, I brought some more people. Yeah, so it was just a like a I don't know this ambition that I had to do it. It was like it it wasn't just for me. It was it was more for me to to share the arts with the city and also to to meet artists because it was that time it was at that time where I realized like fuck I don't even know that many artists in the city. Like I know there are artists, but who who's doing what? You know what's happening. So this, when I opened up this this show, I, I started to meet other artists and like artists that I still um, hang out with or still talk to today, and people that became really good friends. Because the the show wasn't just about showing the 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 audience that we can draw or like or selling stuff to art to people. It was also about building a community to where there was no like. Like we weren't hating on each other, you know. Like everybody had their own style, everybody was cool with it, you know. And and everybody like kind of gave each other gave each other tips. And I don't know. We all we were all there to kind of like for the greater good, you know, to like bring art to the forefront, you know. And we realized what was good for me is also good for you. And and I love that man it, because it nowadays really amazing time. nowadays people have it all messed up. Everybody on Instagram thinks that we're in competition. But I love hearing, you know, that again, that is what it's all about. Artists should come together and be able to create together, you know. You hear about all the best musicians. I, I, I don't know what studio it was, but Jimi Hendrix is recording in one room. The Beatles are down the down the hall, and then Rolling Stones are on the next floor up. And they're all kicking it for a beer, you know. And th- But that's, I love that, man. Again, that sense of community, that's brotherhood, you know. And especially for a lot yeah, of artists, I- it was... Phew, you know, we were the kids with sketchbooks. We weren't the most popular in school at all times, so we didn't always have the most friends or whatever, and definitely not friends that necessarily uh, were artists or saw things uh, the same way that we did. So I had a, um, m- my first 
viewing of a live art experience. I went to Secret Walls, one of the ones that they had at Start Los Angeles, and I, you know, you go in, somebody's like, oh yeah, it's going to be 90 minutes of people drawing on a wall. To a lot of people, that sounds boring. To me, that's the Super Bowl, man. Like, that was so exciting, so inspiring, and yeah, seeing artists come together that aren't hating on each other, you know, they just want to create something dope and have a couple beers and, you know, give a couple high fives to people in the audience that are having a good time too. So that's, that's powerful, man. Much respect. I love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, um, when I left, I kind of put it on, on hiatus, but I'm planning to, to start it up here in Vienna, hopefully, uh, this year actually. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And, um, it's something that's still really near and dear to my heart. And it's, um, yeah, I want to to continue it at some point, but at, at also it, it kind of started to feel at, after a while that you know I was the I was the guy who owned the music shop, you know, that also played the guitar, you know, and like I want to go and start my own band, you know what I mean? Like that, I, you know, people come to me, they just know me as like the guy who's, who owns the guitar shop, but like you know, I also play music, so it was cool for me to kind of step away from that and kind of just focus on my art for a while, and yeah, and get back to it when i'm when i'm ready you know so damn it's cool that's epic brother that's epic man so uh let's talk about some studio essentials man when you're in the studio whenever you're cranking out a new series what do you you know what are some of the essentials that you have to have uh i don't know man like i'm kind of um i'm really a a pencil to paper type of guy so like i just go and i just start working on one sheet and i make that sheet work you know i'll do some rough sketches before and I'll, you know, if I have my, my pencil and my paper, some good uh, music going on, or sometimes a podcast or so, and just kind of have stuff on, stuff on in the background, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm really easy going, so I'm always just like, I'm always sketching, so it's like if I'm sitting down having a coffee, I'm sketching or whatever, and then I'll take those ideas back to the studio, and I just kind of try to create something from there, so yeah, really, I just need some some alone time in the studio to kind of um, work out what, what I'm trying to create. Isolation is important, that's for sure. Um, so what yeah, kind of music yeah, do you sure. listen to? What, what do you like listening to whenever you're sketching or painting? Um, typically a lot of like boom bap, hip hop always gets me in, into the mood. You know, that especially when I'm painting a wall, I have to listen to some some good old like uh, some tribe and stuff like this. Man. Like uh, that shit I don't know, something about that music that kind of gets me into the mood of, like, I'm calm, but I'm also hyped at the same time. I don't know yeah. what it is. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I need to go back to, like, you know, my high school days and just throw on some, some punk rock or some even some emo or something just to kind of get myself in a different uh, mindset, you know. It just depends on what I'm feeling that day. For the most part, though, it's, it's, it's hip-hop or... Um, like hip hop instrumentals, so I just throw on some good instrumentals and just let that let that shit ride on a continuous loop. Nice. There's no beginning and end, you know. It just kind of goes for it. So. Hell yeah, that's sick, man. Yeah, either that or either that or podcast. So like, I like listening to podcasts in the background. And what kind of podcast do you listen to? Let that go. It depends on what um what um how long I'm gonna be in the studio. So if I'm doing like a long, uh, long session, I'm gonna be there for most of the night. Then I'll listen to like Joe Rogan or. But mostly, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Hollywood Babylon because it makes me fun. It makes me laugh. I don't know if you ever heard that one. I haven't. No. With uh, Kenneth Smith. Yeah, I'm Kenneth Smith and Ralph Garman. Um, and there's sometimes just some like political podcasts. I like to listen to some, like I want to know what the hell is happening in the U.S. while I'm not there. And um, just it's crazy know right now. It's man. all going to end. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess so right now. So stay for, tuned. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I'm listening to a lot of that just to kind of keep myself informed of what's happening there. And yeah, and you know, um, a lot of like long form story uh, podcasts, a lot of um, like This American Live stuff or Radio Lab or you know stuff like that. Just depending what's available at the time. I also listen to these guys from Australia, um, Mr. Sunday. Um, they have this podcast called The Weekly Planet, and it's mostly, like, pop stuff, so they're talking about um, pop culture stuff, movies and comics and stuff like that. Nice. I'm always listening to that shit. Nice, man. 
Well, brother, I've had you on the phone for almost an hour now, and uh, I'm blown away, man. Whenever I whenever I first reached out to you, it was just me reaching out, being like, man, this is a dope ass artist. I need to, I need to, I need to connect with him and figure out what's going on. And then I've been hit with such game, you know, such an education and wisdom right now, man. I'm really, really impressed, really blown away. Um, I'll we'll end this on one last question, um, to a couple questions or whatever, and I'll get you out of here, man. But again, can't thank you enough for your time. That was a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for reaching out. Hell yeah. Okay, so 2019, man. What's next for Deadbeat Hero? What are some goals for the year? Um, right now, like I was saying before, um, we're trying to get Art Slam off the ground here. So we were planning one, well, when I say we, it's, like, it's just me at the moment, but I'm planning one in, on July 4th here. It um, should be a pretty big one because we're, I'm, I'm kind of um, in with one of the, the museums here. And they're going to be closing down for a while, so we're going to do a, a big show there. Um, besides that, um, I'm applying for different festivals, so I want to see if I can hit up some this this year in, in Europe and see if I get accepted to any of those. And um, the main focus at the moment is the new studio. So um, my girlfriend, who's from here, we just opened our own studio space, so it's like a studio slash gallery slash shop where people can come and, and buy shit or just hang out. And we're trying to build the name of the studio up um, and get people, you know, trying to, I'm trying to build a community out of it. So um, I'm hosting a lot of drinking calls there and like trying to get people who are just kind of stuck in their own spot, you know, to come out and, and, and draw kind of like arts and style with like a little mini, just trying to see who's out there, you know, who's, who's doing what and, and who's interested in collaborating. So the new studio is called Soon, so it's S-O-O-N, and um, yeah, that one this year is kind of focusing on, on building something with that, because I find it a lot easier to to sell myself as an artist to, to people and to clients when I have to, when I have a, when I have a space, and I, they can come and have a coffee or whatever, and they know, okay, he's going to be there, and we can go there, and do workshops and stuff like that and yeah so that's that's the goal for this year epic that's good shit man um well yo i can't let you get out of here without talking about this architecture drawings that you've done those I, again i was really blown away by those man where did that uh you know where did that not like where did the inspiration for that come from but when did you start doing those um let's see those were earlier when i first moved in uh to vienna uh, <laughs> when i first moved here i didn't have like I found myself in a in a in a shared space. So um, I found a nice flat, and I had this one little room, and it was basically a size of like walk-in closet, like, and that's being generous. It was super small. Like my my bed was was on a stilts, you know. So like underneath the bed is where I had my little table, and that's where I was drawing. And at the time, I was like, I didn't know where everything exactly was. I didn't know where I can buy certain shit. Like, where do I get my sketchbook? Where do I get this shit? I had brought some with me, but, you know, I was still filling shit out. So um, what I had readily available was the newspaper. So I started just collecting these new paper, newspapers and drawing on them. And um, I was um, taking photos all the time of, of the architecture in Vienna. And then I would go back to the studio, or my studio, to my small closet room, <laughs> and uh, drawing and drawing these uh, these buildings on there, and just go going by what it looks like in my phone, and then just kind of using that as reference. And I was, it was mostly like a, for me, it was more more of like a practice, kind of like a free draw, like just let my hand kind of go with it, so it didn't have to be super perfect. But you know, I knew that there was windows here and there's a door here, whatever. And I started to do more of them. I started to post them, and people liked them. And then I started to do them on Windows after that. And and yeah, for me this was a it was a fun little fun project that I do, and people still ask me for those. And um, actually, in my studio now, I have like a shitload of windows that I found one night when I was super drunk. Nice. <laughs> and I have them in the studio. So if anybody is looking for any of those, I, I still paint those every once in a while. But um, yeah, they're they're fun to do these like little architectural like study drawings it kind of brings me back to when i was drawing hands on people you know like drawing these uh, hands for the sweater men nice um it's really nice details and stuff what kind of paper was that on 
Um, see, they were on newspapers. So there was a paper called um, The Standard, and it's like this really, it had a really special tint to it. It's like, um, it's not a white, it's more of like a, it had a reddish tone, like almost an orangish tone, tone to it. And the paper felt a little bit better. And then later people told me like, yeah, that's a good newspaper. You know, it's like, it's not like this newspaper that just, uh, it's like, it's not like tabloid shit, you know. It's like yeah. people actually read this newspaper. It's nice. like cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's it was pretty good quality. I actually liked it a lot. I took that same um, that same concept when I had a re- artist residence in Spain um, two years ago, and I just took newspaper from Spain and I kind of that's where I started to really develop the the Austrian arts there. It's like I, I just took elements from. Instead of doing architectural drawings on newspaper, I was doing these uh, spacemen, and I was taking parts from the city and creating these robots from them. So that was like the first time I really started to to really get into the detail of it. But if you've never drawn a newspaper, I, I recommend trying it. Um, trying to sketch really lightly with a pencil. Um, try, try to sketch your character, and then go in there with like a ink brush. Um, you know, just like a any kind of ink brush is fine and and try to follow the lines and you'll find that like the the newspaper hides a little bit of the lines a little bit and you kind of I don't know you have to read it a little bit differently so um, it may not have been it may not have been exactly what you sketch but you end up making like this whole new design or pattern it's 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 pretty interesting because the the words you know hide it so I like that, man. Check it out. Oh yeah. It. Well, good shit, brother. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Go ahead and tell the people where they can follow you and uh, check out your website and all that. Cool. So the website is deadbeatheroart.com. Um, on Insta is at deadbeathero. Um, also, deadbeatheroart on uh, Facebook and deadbeathero on Twitter. So basically, we type in deadbeathero anywhere on Google, and if it's not a band or a book by some weird comedian then it's me <laughs> awesome brother hey you're, again you're out. i can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and giving me a little bit of your time yeah, my thank pleasure you. man thanks a lot absolutely we'll yeah, uh we'll keep no in problem. we'll keep in touch and keep in contact i might have to make a trip out there to vienna and hang out with you a little bit so we can piece up a wall let or me two. know let me know sounds yeah good. man there's plenty of walls out here so if you ever make the trip out you gotta hit me up of course man of course well thank you again <laughs> Um, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the Outside Voice Studios podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Outside Voice Studios. Check out the website, OutsideVoiceStudios.com. You can follow me and my personal site, Bo underscore Spencer. And yeah, my website, BoSpencer.com. Uh, so thank you all. Have a great day. Peace. Rob, thank you, man.